Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there. How about you? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Getting all settled in. We got a great show ahead of us today. We've got a special guest today, Zach, going to tell us all about the Knowledge Pantry. So I'm excited to learn about that. And we're going to talk about Biden's transhumanism executive order. Thanks for that, bringing that to my attention. Wow, it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to also add to that because it kind of connects to this NIST and Google chips agreement. And uh, also, we're going to talk about a new heat wave tracking bill in California. We know where that's leading, right? And uh, oh, the, yeah. the purge law in Illinois which is another really disturbing piece of uh, information, as well as uh, we're going to end it up with a a, a bit of good news coming out of Florida, always out of Florida, this big human trafficking bust, of course, always including Disney employees, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, why don't you introduce our guest, Zach? So welcome, Zach. So happy to have you here. Uh, Just a short little snippet here. So his, uh, Zach's sister had reached out to me and was telling me about this awesome thing her brother was working on and she wanted me to chat with him about it and so we did and then to my surprise a few weeks later he sends this link over and says okay check it out I got all this up and I'm like oh my god this is fantastic I want one too (laughs) so so we decided you know he should come on and tell us about it because this is really important if we are faced with an internet outage and um, people need to access certain things. So I'm just going to turn it over to you, Zach, and let you share with people what it is you started putting together and, and how people can do this for themselves as well. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. I, uh, Edge, this is our first time meeting in court. This is our first time speaking. We've traded emails, but it's nice to actually have that in-person dialogue happening. So thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, I guess... This is kind of uh, one of those subjects where you can kind of jump in at any point, but just to kind of give a little context about uh, what this thing is and how I got to it. um, uh, I don't know about you, but I noticed during the pandemic and since the pandemic, fighting with inflation and all that stuff, uh, there's been a real resurgence in the uh, prepper community. Um, I'm in a bunch of those Facebook groups, a bunch of those social media groups where um, people are just panicking about what it is they should really prepare for. The future is so uncertain. What can we do to um, get ourselves in a position where um, um, we have the adequate food, adequate water, adequate necessities. Um, and so um, one, of, one of the Facebook groups, there was a, a question, what, what's one of those obscure things that maybe people aren't thinking of that you should pantry up on? And uh, <laughs> one of the responses that I, I, I really took to heart was uh, skills. Um, people were saying it'd be really good to know how to so ripped clothing, really good to know how to can food, not just garden, but actually store that stuff. Um, and I, I was hearing these responses like, yeah, that would be good to know. That would be good. I don't know how to do any of that. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. There's so many skills we need to learn yeah. in, in just in a cram-packed short course. <laughs> I've been yeah. taking crash courses. <laughs> yeah. I've got such a narrow view of the world that, you know, like, I, I know what I know, but outside that, I, I panic quickly. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know about you guys, but that when I, when I try to learn something new, 
my first go-to is the internet. I, uh, I had to replace a uh, tire on my truck and I'm gonna embarrass myself a little bit here, but I didn't know how to lower the, the tire from um, underneath the truck. I didn't know where the, the tool was that you used to do it. Uh, and I'm sure it's on page 36 of the user's manual. <laughs> but you know, what, what did I do instead? I whipped out my cell phone and I uh, looked up my make and model and there it was, 30 seconds, I found it. And I think um, being able to do that is something that folks take for granted. Being able to have the internet in your pocket that you can learn something in 30 seconds um, is something that uh, as a culture, we've gotten used to having. Wasn't right. used to, wasn't usually that way, you know? Um, I'm not so young that I don't remember before the internet where Instead of GPS, we had those old maps in our cars, you know? Right. Or, uh, so, but all that stuff, you know, is, if you have GPS, you kind of forget those things existing. You forget, I don't, I don't even know how to go um, to my mother-in-law's house 20 minutes away without my GPS now. And I would have known that. <laughs> That's terrible. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <sighs> anywho, um, so I, I've done what I think a lot of folks have done and just start downloading things that I thought would be potentially uh, something that could teach me in, in a pinch. I know a lot of folks uh, print recipes off and a lot of folks, um, perhaps they download maps of their area, things like that. But my concern was as a technical guy, as a guy who worked uh, as a web developer and in product, uh, all web related was um, the internet's not as stable as people might think. <laughs> um, not, not just that we have to worry about the whole internet crashing, um, which, by the way, is a concern. A couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember this, but Amazon had one of their data centers go completely off offline for like a day, and uh, you couldn't get on like half the websites on the internet. But well, and this just happened this year in Canada: internet and cell phones going down. Oh, is that think, right? Yeah, I think it was for a whole day. They ha they have like limited. They only have like one or two providers or something, and so they just they went down. But not only that, my concern is access you know if they they can mess with stuff once they got your ip that they can mess with stuff and start locking you out and they're they're playing behind the scenes right now big time so so i love what you created because we can we can certainly have our books you know like i have a stockpile of books on how to's on various things uh and that's great but what happens if you're driving or you're somewhere else or you need to bug out in a hurry or something? You want something like lightweight where you have all that information and yeah, or, you don't have to worry about accessing the internet. Right, or, or if time's a factor, you don't have to go find that book that's buried somewhere in your basement, you know, that has the specific piece of, you, you, you can have it right in your hand. Right. Um, and I'm thinking in that case, like a medical emergency, like what happens if I, I can't get to the doctor or something and, somebody's bleeding out and I, I need to, I don't know, tie a tourniquet or figure out what to do for whatever the situation is. I want to have that not buried in a basement. I want that knowledge to be right there like I'm used to. Right, right. So so tell people what it is you you put together yeah. here. And I just, I love the specific, I love, well, first off, I love that it could be customized to, to what anyone wants to do, but I love the specific ones you picked because those are definitely items I would pick as well. Awesome, yeah. So what this, the Knowledge Pantry is, is it's really simple. It's just, I started downloading every piece of content that I thought I might need that I could later reference in the future. And I put it on this tablet here. There's a little picture of it. 
I put it on a tablet with on an SD card um, and I made it uh, searchable so I could find the handy stuff like um, stuff you'd want in a medical emergency front and center. And I just started loading it up. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot in there. There's a lot you can fit on a SD card the size of a penny. Um, and what I'm showing in that video there is that's on airplane mode. Um, and this whole tablet, you say, well, you know, if the grid goes down, you're not going to have electric to charge this thing. Okay, well, how about a $15 solar charger to go with it? So right. this tablet has a, a solar charger and this lovely orange bag. So it's all bright, unnatural looking orange, easy to identify. And uh, <laughs> that's the plan. This is just be something you have with your um, bug out bag. And you can take it with you and have the sum of human knowledge wherever you go. Excellent idea. So what kind of stuff did you pick to um, download onto your tablet? Yeah, so um, that, that was actually a hard question to answer because I wanted to cover as many eventualities as possible. I don't know what the future is going to look like. I want to, you know, throw um, uh, as broad a net as I can. So uh, I forget the name of the founder of Wikipedia, but he, oh, it's Jimmy Wales. He described Wikipedia as the sum of human knowledge, which I really liked. Um, so I didn't know this when I started this project, but you're able to download all of Wikipedia for free, all 6.5 million articles. So I figured that'd be a good place to start. So I downloaded all of Wikipedia, which was about 90 gigs, uh, downloaded all of WikiHow, which is 230,000 articles. And they're just how-to articles with pictures. Um, every Wikibook, which is 3,458 um, different books, all focus on how to, um, about a thousand different uh, DIY books. Um, the way I, I picked the topics for this, I tried not to be biased. I, I actually went to the bookstore to Barnes and Noble and went to their um, homesteading and survival section, grabbed a bunch of books and went down the uh, table of contents for each and just made a massive list and said, I wanna have stuff that covers everything on these lists because these people have done the research more than I have if I can at least have something based on these things, then um, you know I'll, I'll cover at least a pretty cover my bases as least as broadly as these authors are concerned. Um, also on there, uh, it's more it's more I know how dumb I am, so I just <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> um, also on here um, I, are all the uh, FEMA emergency guides: what to do in a flood, what to do in a hurricane, what to do in any sort of natural disaster and, you know, the government's plan for what you should do. There we go. Um, one <laughs> thing that uh, Corey, your, your uh, tech buddy turned me on to um, was also this thing called Osman.net. Uh, there's a link on it on the website there, but what that is, is that allows you to download every map of every state in the United States, not just the roadmaps, but points of interest. So you could, you could treat this thing just like Google Maps, but it's totally offline. So you could type in hospitals in my area. You could type in um, doctors, veterinarians, pharmacists, and it has a, an index of where each one of these are in the state. So it, it'll show you a map of, well, it won't show you where you are because it doesn't have GPS, but it'll show you a map with roads um, exactly uh, where those places are. And as long as you can figure out where you are in relation to the map, then you can find everything you could find um, with Google Maps and GPS, but do it completely offline. And it's free. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was a great resource. 
that's the key is being able to do all of this offline. And then you down also downloaded tons of uh, videos as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Like how to so videos. So yeah, YouTube has, I just looked this stat up every day, every 24 hours, people upload 720,000 hours of YouTube video in, in one Crazy. day. It's 82 years of content a day. Um, <laughs> that's crazy that is crazy but you know you can find and I, i'm so good i'm good at like visual learning so yeah and i think a lot of people are so you know watching a video on how to do something especially something really technical like if you're trying to fix a car uh, right. you know and or fix even like a lawnmower you know we literally YouTube how to replace this one part on a lawnmower and somebody actually made a video of it and showed us yep. step by step. Oh, there's a video it. on everything nowadays. It's great. Absolutely. And top top four categories of YouTube are comedy videos, music, um, pop culture, entertainment, and how-to. So about a quarter of all the videos are how-to videos. So you can there's a obviously a demand for for those kind of niche things that that many videos would fill. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you guys, but one, when I'm looking up like a new subject, like how to do canning, I made my first peach jam this year because um, I have one peach tree and I wasn't going to let it go to waste. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was an adventure. The first batch was terrible, but I, I got it. Um, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm learning something new, I, I don't just watch one video. I try to watch, you know, like a dozen of them because I learned just as much from those fail videos and videos where people are having fun as I do from the very kind of rote instructional videos because it gives me the boundaries, you know? Right. Um, so one thing that I added to this uh, tablet here, um, I basically took my list of topics and because I'm a, a web guy with a little bit of programming knowledge, I wrote a, a Python script where I could basically put in those topics and it would download the top results, top 10 results um, off of YouTube. Um, That's cool. And yeah, so I did that. I have about a thousand YouTube videos just just on a plethora of topics that I can quickly reference. Well, and um, what's crazy is you have all of this on. You just have like a two fifty six gig SD yeah. card, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and and this thing's so small, and you can just take it and go. And the other thing that's cool is the tablet's so nice and small. Well, first off, it holds a battery. Doesn't it? Doesn't the battery last longer than like in a laptop? Yep. So like you could take it and just set it right there on the hood of your car while you're working on something, you know, or charge right next to it. It'll last, you know, twice as long. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the solar. And so, um, I mean, it's great for like, I mean, you could even do music and recipes and you got books for, you know, education, you could do kids books. Uh, you could do like when I get, I have mine. I'm actually sending mine to you to help me with some stuff, but <laughs> I, uh, I want to put all my PDFs of my reports on there, you know, so I have them yeah. all in one nice handy location. And, and I've also downloaded a lot of survival type related, you know, and prepping type books and gardening and whatnot. So I want to add those in, but that was one of the things too, when I was watching your video, I'm like, he's so organized like me. <laughs> I love the way you structured it and tabbed it all out. I love the way that you say he doesn't have OCD like me. <laughs> he's, he's organized. It's not OCD. 
<laughs> just a little bit, just a little, Hey, a little OCD is good. <laughs> so, so yeah, so there's so many different things, you know, like, but the base ones, the base ones that you did, I think are some really good core ones, especially the maps and the lists um, of all the hospitals, addresses, phone numbers, you know, cause you never know where you're going to end up necessarily. And, uh, and it's just so cool that you don't have to worry about having internet access for any of this. So the, yeah. then if you scroll down edge, he did this awesome thing to help everyone out and created this open source code that um, people can use. If you want to explain that, Zach. Sure. This would be the Python script. It's a, there it is. I know, I know probably most people aren't comfortable writing Python scripts, but you know, uh, the whole goal of this thing initially was just to pantry up for my immediate family. And then I thought I could make a gift for my dad um, out of a, out of a tablet. And then I said, you know, I could just make all this available for anybody who's trying to do the same. It's not going to help me to keep this to myself. So if you're comfortable running Python code, copy and paste, and uh, it'll just be a little app that pops up, ask you for your search terms, and it'll just start downloading videos based on those terms. Wow, that's and, awesome. And then you also explain how to, um, like how you go about downloading some of the other things, like all of Wikipedia or WikiHow and that type right. of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. and I, I'll spend a second on that, but um, all of Wikipedia, and it's not just Wikipedia, there's like Project Gutenberg, there's a lot of big libraries out there that you can download as a single file. It's basically a zip file, but it's called a, a ZIM, a Z-I-M file. Um, you can download as one file. And then if you get an, an application that's free, like uh, the most popular one is this application called Kiwix. It's mentioned on the site. You can use those to browse and view those files almost as though you're doing it online, but it's all offline on your machine. That's so yeah, cool. That's and I didn't and know we about at first so I, I was really kind of blown away when i uh, yeah. learned how the content's out there just for the picking yeah and we know that they've altered some things in wikipedia over time that you know are obviously going to be inaccurate but there's a ton of stuff on there that is accurate so it's still a good start I, you know it's a good starting point there is some good info on there as long as you're not talking about corrupt people it probably hasn't been altered <laughs> right <laughs> And I, I was just trying to cover my bases with all this stuff, you know, as my headline says, if I'm not repetitive, there it is. Um, but one, one thing I did beyond this was just, and I'd recommend this for anyone who's trying to do the same is try to personalize it too. Like, I don't think if you're living in Florida, you're worried about avalanches like that are in the FEMA guides, you know, um, and you probably want to get some information about uh, perhaps the prescriptions that members of your immediate family are taking or store the contact information of your relatives or uh, how to's on your specific car make and model and things like that. So, you know, it's good to have this kind of broad covering of all the different things that are out there, but also it's, it's a good idea to just kind of uh, take a minute and think about what it is that's unique to you and your situation that you might want to pantry up as well. Right. Smart. Well, and also with, you know, it's a great Christmas present. People could do this for family members, just like you did for your dad. They could, you know, if I had the time, shoot, I might have you do one for my parents. <laughs> my, my dad was so, it, it was, I just visited my dad after I sent it to him a couple of weeks after I sent it to him and it was sitting there like on the table, like it was a work of art or something and <laughs> or a table book, coffee book or something. And 
He is saying he's the envy of the prepper community. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which yeah. was, you know, you know, when when he went to school, like computers took up the size of like a garage and right, and, you know, on punch cards, and to, to hand them <laughs> all the stuff on something the size of a penny, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's pretty cool no matter what age you are. Yeah, that is pretty wild. Gosh, when we think back, unreal. Yeah. Well, this is super cool. So people can go to theknowledgepantry.com and check all of this out. And thanks, Zach, for, for putting this together and guiding people on how to do this. It's a, it's a really great idea. I think um, just the organizational process of it too gets a person's mind going on the different things they should have and think about and prepare for, you know? So it's a really cool tool. Yeah. Audience. So if anybody knows other things that should be a resource on here, my contact information is on the side. Hit me up. I'll, I'll, add, I'll add it in there. Um, this is, you know, something I want to get out there to as many people as uh, I can who want to do the same. So um, just let me know what I'm missing. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thanks Excellent. for putting this together. For sure. And yeah, now you're you. welcome to hang with us while we talk about the dystopian world and <laughs> all the Whoa. interesting things going on right now. It has just yeah. been a crazy week. I mean, it really over has. Past, over the past, gosh, probably like six, seven days, so much uh, control mechanisms have been unleashed. They're moving fast. Let's talk about this executive order that you uh, pointed oh, out, Corey. This is disturbing. Disturbing. So we had an executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. Yeah. So, so thank you, Miriam, for emailing me this last night. She's like, did you see the new EO, Miriam Heinen? And I'm no, but now I have thanks. <laughs> so uh, I, what I did is because I was scrambling with all my notes in the middle of the night here, um, I, I highlighted a few key points that they mention in here so we can just cut to the, to the chase. Uh, they say it is the policy of my administration to coordinate a whole of government approach to advance biotechnology and biomanufacturing toward innovative solutions in health, climate change, energy, food security, agriculture, supply chain resilience, and national and economic security. And then I skip ahead. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers. Did I skip a page here? Okay. Unlock the power of biological data including through comp computing tools and artificial intelligence and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles for commercialization so that innovative technologies and projects can reach markets faster. Fast wow. forward down, work to promote the open sharing of scientific data, including genetic sequence data. Mm -hmm. So these are the main buzzwords that yeah. kind of shortens this all up for everyone. <laughs> I mean, we just really need to go over this statement before we go any further. I mean, genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells 
-hmm. and predictably program biology. I mean, this is just complete transhumanism right here. Yeah. And, and they want you to think this is all about chips and semiconductors and making everything in America. But then, you know, they burrow in these little sentences like this so that you know what it's really about. Mm -hmm. and yeah, they do. I mean, and it is really disturbing how they're merging the two t together, the whole bioengineering stuff with the computer programming, computer, computing tools, artificial intelligence. That's genetic sequence data. Yeah. Hello, George Church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which coincidentally, the very next day after this EO comes out is the uh, article on NIST and Google announcing the chip R&D partnership. And this is so short. Do you want to just read this, Edge? It, it's, it's really short. I mean, I have the, the key thing that I pulled from that is um, they're specifically focusing on making a bottom layer chip with structures designed to measure and test the performance of the chip's future top layers, such as memory devices, nanosensors, bioelectronics, and quantum computing devices. Um, sure, we, we could say this is, I think somewhere in here, they might mention semiconductors and um, chips that are for robots and whatnot, but we know these companies and we know what they're really working at. And so you tie this in and this comes out literally the day after the EO. Right. So there's this public-private sector collaboration between the National Institute of Standards and Technology and Google. Yeah, that says it all right there because we know what Google has done in the past. We know how um, important of a player that they are in this whole transhumanism movement um of this sort of merging of artificial intelligence and bioengineering and everything and this massive data collection so yeah not surprised that this came out this partnership came out right after biden's executive order to kind of push all of this but yeah when when i hear things like nanotechnologies of course my mind goes to the most sinister uses for nanotechnologies right i mean it is pretty disturbing but um google has a long history of leadership and and this sort of thing right moving to an open source framework fosters reproductibility which helps researchers from public and private institutions iterate on each other's works it also democratizes innovation in nanotechnology and semi semiconductor research. So the Biden administration has made a large strides over the past year in incentivizing domestic chip and semiconductor manufacturing with President Biden's recent announcement of the new biotechnology executive order to help U.S.-based manufacturing expand into different scientific markets. Mm -hmm. There you have it. So yeah, they're definitely pushing this pretty hard, Corey. Scroll back down to the uh, academics. The It's like the second to last paragraph or something. Let's see. Some uh, of the academic partners yeah. included in this in initiative and who will receive chips are the University of Michigan, University of Maryland, George Washington University, Brown University, and Carnegie Mellon University. Yeah. Hello. 
Hello. Yeah. What do you think about this, Zach, since you have a whole computer web developing background here? <laughs> I'm just smiling at some of this stuff, particularly that this is through an executive order. I mean, that's typically, uh, you know, something that would have perhaps not gone through the legal channels. Right. Um, so they had an executive order. It just uh -huh. seems like there's more executive orders that don't need to be executive orders these days, including open source Google. Yeah. I put that I put that in quotes because a lot of times, yeah, they're open source for, you know, the first couple um, releases and then they lock you down and put you behind paywalls and all sorts of stuff. Right. Right. And everything becomes proprietary and then it becomes a nightmare, kind of like um, Mac computers. Get, get them hooked and charge them. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. but I wanted to go back to this executive order. There was another part in this executive order that was just really uh, interesting. When they're talking about the term research and development or R&D areas, key R&D areas, they include fundamental R&D of emerging biotechnologies, including engineering bio biology, predictive engineering of complex biological systems, including the designing, building, testing, and modeling of entire living cells, cell components, or cellular systems, quantitative and theory-driven multi multidisciplinary research to maximize convergence with other enabling technologies, and regulatory science, including the development of new information, criteria, tools, models, and approaches to inform and assist regulatory decision making okay this is really disturbing they're talking about yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> not just bioengineering here and mm, modeling of and building and testing of entire living cells so organisms right entire living cells right. and then merging or converging with other technologies mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it. This is this is the chip they're gunning for. They're, this is what they've been talking about for a long time and pretending that they're not talking about it. And he just opened the gate to that. So so yeah, right. like Zach said about the EOs, you know, I get I get really tired of all these EOs that don't go through the legal channels. Um we see that time and time again with this wonderful administration. Right. And they want to reduce as many obstacles as possible and rush this yeah, crap to commercialization, exactly. just like they did with the you know what. Well, and that's that's why I I knew as soon as they started talking about saying we need to manufacture over here, we need to get the chips over here in the semiconductors because we have this major chip issue going on. And I'm like, oh, they're going to use this to to push the chips going in under the skin. You watch. Oh, geez. Yeah. You know, that's where it's all going. At least one yeah. particular area, but God, they probably have so many things. I mean, because look at what they're they're targeting, not just quote unquote human health, mm -hmm. but also climate and energy, food security. Oh yeah, supply chains. Okay, so blockchain. When I hear let's just call supply chains blockchain for now on. Yeah. And then when I hear food security and sustainability, I mean, that's just uh, to me that that's code for bioengineering all the food and tracking and tracing all of yep. the food in the same way that they want to track and trace all of us like animals. <clears throat> Absolutely. Oh, 
pretty sick. Pretty yeah. sick. All right. Yeah. So everybody needs to, to have a heads up on this executive order, which I honestly, I mean, I, I hadn't heard of it until you brought this to my attention. I hadn't either until Miriam emailed me. <laughs> I've been too busy trying to play catch up with a thousand emails since everything was down for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So many fronts to keep our eyes on. Sorry if you can hear my dryer in the background. <laughs> the I can't alarm. even hear it. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, the alarm on it is ridiculously loud. So sorry about that. All right, moving That's on to the okay. next next topic. So this goes into the whole climate mm. hoax scenario um, and kind of also goes along with what's happened recently in California. So California becomes the first U.S. state to begin ranking extreme heat wave events. And now this comes off of the backs of, or off the heels of they just had um, this this heat wave that was threatening their power grid because, you know, we can't run an entire state off of, you know, wind and solar. So they were threatening to have rolling blackouts. And now all of a sudden, California is becoming the first state to now start ranking heat wave events because we have to keep this perpetual emergency that we've created going, right? So that we can, you know, assume more control. Oh yeah, but here, but here's the kicker. So this is this is a Rockefeller Foundation um, pilot program going on here, um, along with Adrian. Is it Arsht? Is that how you say that, Edge? Adrian Arsht, Rockefeller Foundation Resilience Center. So this bill is part of that, and it's part of their effort to pilot categorizing heat waves in parts of the U.S. and Europe. Make no mistake about it, ranking and categorizing means nothing more than they're going to determine temperatures and different climate situations, and they're going to set caps on things so that they now have a basis to say, this is where you cap your thermostat. This is when you can plug in your car. This is when you can use water. And this is going to go across the entire country. And it's a global agenda. So, right. and, and on top of this, he also signed, there were like three other bills. I think it's all the way at the bottom um, <clears throat> that he's rolling out there in California, but this is a global agenda. So this is the start of them essentially compiling data as a control mechanism for our energy sources. And it'll start with heat, right? It'll be under the guise of heat because we need to save people's lives if when it gets too hot and we need to help them. But it'll roll into every single climate weather situation you watch. You know, in the wintertime, you'll only be able to use heat for so long. And that's their goal. So what they're saying is the California Environmental Protection Agency has until January 1st, 2025 to create the heat wave ranking system. So we got we got a couple years to, you know, put the kibosh on all of this. Legislators out there who don't seem to be doing a whole heck of a lot right now. Right. Yeah. The time is short. So definitely, uh, you know, especially if you're living in California <laughs> to get anything done. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, some states I feel like they're just too far beyond reform. It, that's kind of how I feel about California. I, I don't know. And some people feel differently. Like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to try to make a difference here, turn things around. But 
I mean, they are definitely always at the, you know, the, the head of the, the spear when it comes to these really, really progressive globalist uh, right. agendas with regards to climate. And they were the same thing with the whole COVID and COVID mandates, all of it. So, well, they've got like, what, 40 million people there. So they, so they started there and then they say, you know, we need to set the standards for the rest of the country. And yeah. they say, look at how well this is working over here in California, even though it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not working. You're well. not allowed to Our- plug in your electric car today. It's taking <laughs> too much juice, but we're going to convert this entire country to electric vehicles. And our uh, power grid's about to fail, so we, we might have rolling blackouts, but <laughs> right. still, still you're going to be required to buy Ooh. that electric vehicle, and we'll probably require you at the, you know, at some point to have one of those, um, what is it, a smart thermostat so we can control your thermostats when we ha- declare these emergencies throughout the year. Right, like they just did in Colorado. I mean, people need to wise up and stop signing up for all these programs. Yeah, definitely. And stop buying smart devices. Oh, 100%. I, I can't understand what their game plan is to, I'm talking about electric cars and limiting what's used on the grid. Like it's unsustainable. It's an impossible thing to, to meet in, with today's technology. Are they setting it up hoping that someone's going to come along and find some uh, renewable energy source that provides the amount of energy that nobody on earth has ever seen? in time for electric cars to be uh, a good no, investment? No, I, I think that they actually, the, the real plan is t- for the vast majority of us to go without. And yeah, really he, only, us, you know, the one percenters to have access to be of mobility and to be able to do the things they want to do, fly along in their jets, drive in their entourages. But the rest of us, they want us, you know, crammed in these smart cities, um, all riding on buses and trains um, that are electric, right? Uh, you know, n- you don't have your, you don't get to have your own car. What, you're just a peon. No, no, no they're no. just setting up. So, so here's the crisis setup. Right now, the crisis is we absolutely have to get rid of fossil fuels. There's, there should be no gas anymore. We need to go to electric. They know it can't, with, it can't withstand that. So now they move to that and they say, oh my God, we had an epic fail. We're so sorry. This is terrible. But gas is long gone now. Uh, people's electric cars aren't making it. There's just too many electric cars on the road. So we're building more bus systems and we're going to have autonomous vehicles and you need to have your digital identity to get onto it. That's what it's all about. And if your score's low, then you're screwed. You're going nowhere. Well, maybe you can hop on your bike or your little electric bike. Uh, and, and so, stop so at just, every checkpoint. Right, it's that you have your up. digital ID available. It, it's just an ongoing, you know, crisis. Come in and change it. Crisis. Come in and change it until they bring everyone down to their knees. That's the goal. Yeah, that's the common thread between these stories with this and the uh, bioengineering. It's it's control and traceability about what people are doing and where they are. A hundred percent. And talking about traceability, should we move on to the next <laughs> to topic? the next dystopian headline? Yeah, yeah. So oh, this yeah, is yeah. this is a new credit card rule creates a gun registry because you know the federal government is not able to create a gun registry registry legally. They probably have one, you know that, but yeah. legally, so they can circumvent that by asking the credit card company to do it for them right 
Yep, absolutely. And and this is another, oh, excuse me, this is another setup and the NRA just nailed it on, um, on how this crisis will break down. They say anti-gun groups will almost certainly use the new flagging system to create liability for any banks or payment processors who do business with the firearm industry. When a firearm is used in a high-profile crime, these groups will now also sue any bank or payment processor that facilitated any transfer of the firearm and claim that these financial institutions didn't do enough to stop the gun from falling into the wrong hands. The inevitable goal of such a campaign pain is to convince banks and payment processors to stop dealing with the firearm industry entirely by claiming that it is too risky of an industry to be involved with. In this case, that risk is being manufactured by the creation of the new MCC. Yeah. Yeah. And I like these paragraphs too. If fully implemented by the various payment processors, the hope of gun control groups for this new MCC is that it would create a registry registry of gun owners that they have long sought to provide them with another tool to attack the lawful industry when firearms are used in a crime. Several provisions in federal law, but most notably a key part of the Firearm Owners Protection Act of 1986, prohibit the federal government from centralizing most firearm record records into a registry. The new MCC could provide a way for the government to outsource the cert- the creation of a registry that the government itself is prohibited from creating. If banks and payment processors share their records with the government, that would be a major step towards the registration of all gun owners in america yes so cash is king cash is king and cash is king and i was just telling a story on on uh gab the other day i was with my tech buddy we went over to walgreens had to get something it was later at night and this guy who um works there he's 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 always a little amped up you know and he was just you could tell he was very frustrated that evening. And so my friend says to him and my friend has very calm, like grounding energy. Um, and he says, so what's the most frustrating thing you have to deal with here? And immediately without like any hesitation, this shit was just stored in Ram. He's like credit card corporate keeps pushing it down us to sell people on credit cards, get them signed up on credit cards. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Everyone's using cash these days. They don't want credit cards. You got all this inflation. They don't want to be in debt, but they just keep shoving it down our throat saying we have to get people signed up on these credit cards. And I'm like, well, isn't that interesting? Everyone's using cash and Walgreens pushing credit cards. That is interesting. And I will tell you from the economic data that I've heard most recently is that credit card debt has actually gone way up since inflation. Uh, People are unable to because their wages are stagnant, yet the cost of living has gone just skyrocketed. So they're having they're being forced really to, you know, pay that gap with with debt, with with credit cards. And so that may actually be kind of all by design, not just by contributing to the debt and this sort of economic crash that they are really creating. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that you know this sort of looming economic crash that they're creating but also getting people sort of dependent mm -hmm. on credit cards for the tracking and traceability purposes because we know you know with mastercard visa i can't remember if american express but i know these guys have um really pushed hard for uh and, and been major players with the uh development of cbdc's and kind of transitioning yep. into the whole digital currency and getting you know getting that rolling so it, oh it yeah they've already ro rolled out their pilot act. programs on that so they're ready to go yeah i'm, so I'm looking at that lending tree stat here uh, since the second quarter of 2021, credit card balances have risen up by 100 billion. That's a 13% increase. The wow. largest increase in more than 20 years. And wow. Yeah, inflation. They got to buy food with something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they want to start using the credit cards? They have to. Right. And their next move is to push the food stamps and get people on basic universal income. Yeah. Those, those poor people are now. Uh, have to be on, I guess, some gun registry um, because they want it's either eat or don't eat and stay off the registry. Right now, I don't know if this is a done deal yet. They're they're. Uh, let me pull up. Catherine just sent me an email this morning um, because I think it says in the NRA that they were still working on the credit cards, trying to get the credit card companies to do this. And I don't know if they've rolled that category out yet. Um, hang on, let me see. ESG. It kind of speaks. Um, it kind of speaks to that here in this NRA article. NRA article saying, you know, if fully implemented, meaning like this is the plan, and some are on board, but you know, it hasn't been fully implemented yet. Oh yeah, and something about it being. Um, Oh, there was something in there about it being voluntary or something, but not from the standpoint of the uh, buyer, the more from the standpoint of the credit card company, I believe. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read the emails that came in this morning yet, so... Yeah, the, the petition, person. at least initially, seemed to lack the support of Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. So it looks like, um, but, you know, it looks like... Um, they're trying. Yeah, they are. It looks like so, they, there so has the been email, some developments on it, but it's not fully implemented. Yeah, so the decision also comes amid pressure for gun control advocates who have long sought for banks and credit card companies to adopt such action. Uh, once implemented, retailers whose primary business is firearm sales will have their own MCC, having previously often been categorized as specialty retailers or durable good sellers. While it isn't clear how I'm reading from a separate email, not that article. While it isn't clear how card networks will share information with law enforcement, the industry currently keeps tabs on a wide range of transactions to try to identify and prevent illegal activities such as fraud, money laundering, and terrorism uh, financing. The card network said they would work to implement the new code while supporting lawful purchases and protecting consumer privacy. So <clears throat> this needs to be shut down, but in the meantime, everyone needs to keep using cash if you can. <laughs> yeah, as definitely. As much as you can and everywhere you can. Yeah, yeah, because... Um, 
Meanwhile, as they're trying to create this sort of federal gun registry using this loophole of the credit cards, because let's they let murderers out. Right, right. <laughs> let's crash the economy, make people um, financially destitute out in the streets and let crime run amok. So let that kind of leads us into this um, new Illinois insane Illinois mm -hmm. law that they call crime reform law, but it's really the purge because apparently this law, Illinois will be the first state to implement a no cash bail starting in January and residents are comparing it, the law to this horror movie, the purge. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to read this. Um, Pacau said that the 746-page act, first passed in January 2021, abolishes cash bail for almost every offense. The offenses includes second-degree murder, kidnapping, armed robbery, drug-induced homicide, threatening a public official, and aggravated DUI, the mayor said. So, it also it also includes intimidation, kidnapping, second degree murder, and arson, um, aggravated battery. I'm not sure which ones you already included there, but it, it includes includes like twelve different offenses. Yeah, I mean this is going to be insane in Illinois, um, and I just I can imagine that they're trying to set up law-abiding citizens um to be just you know completely run over overrun by you know this cr criminal element that they're just letting run free and then you have abbott busing illegals to chicago a sanctuary city where they're dispersing them out to the suburbs while this is going to be rolling out in january so ah, <laughs> oh, it's a shit show yeah, but you have to look at it fully in the context because, it, I mean, they're really amplifying it on all fronts when you're making people be in such hard, a hard economic climate where, you know, people who are already on the fringes, they're just going to be sent completely over the edge. Um, and they call this then, the Safety Act. Wow. And then under, under the guise of we need to help people in these low income communities. It's all about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you're keeping the border wide open, busing people up, criminals and illegals up, um, and then also tons of fentanyl and drugs yeah. up through the border. I mean, it just seems like a real recipe for disaster, and it seems intentional, in my opinion. Yeah, this is for the cartels. That's who it's for. It's not for the low-income communities. Insane. Yep. <laughs> They know how to name these things to be the exact opposite of what they produce, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is always the exact opposite. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. But well, we have a couple little pieces of good news, <laughs> if you want to call it good news. I mean... Yeah, we should close out with this one. This one is a good one. So some of you may have heard about it already, but Florida um, conducted this huge... Um, human trafficking sting known as oh what did they call it fall hall two all right where they nabbed 160 people 
including Disney employees, a high school teacher, another high school employee, like worker, um, and even um, a deputy chief of the Georgia Police Department. So huge, yeah, huge bust of some real ugly people. But, you know, it's really interesting how every time they conduct these, because I love how, I I just love this, um, you know, Polk County Sheriff's Department. I love Grady Judd. He's he's like, of course Disney's involved. Yeah. Have you ever seen his, um, you know, when he does uh, press conferences? I mean, he's hysterical. Uh Yeah. But I, I mean, I think he actually made a joke in this press conference about how they always catch Disney employees. Yeah, it's just like yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> there's never one of these stings where they don't catch Disney employees. That's I know. That's why is. sometimes you see these headlines and you're like, wait, have I already seen that? Was this was this the arrest from a year ago? Nope. This is 160 new people. Yeah. Yeah. So great news coming out of Florida. I mean, Florida's really got it together. And I think that's why they hate Florida so much, because it really destroys the narrative of how great all of their policy, they think their policies are when we know, you know, they're destructive. But um, when you have that, you know, that other state that's doing the complete opposite of what this regime is doing, and they're so successful at it, whether it's the COVID mandates, you know, getting rid of all of that, or whether it's um, the educational system and reforming that and making sure that they're not teaching all of this woke crap in schools or grooming our kids, or whether they're sticking it to Disney. Um, whatever the case is, Florida has been incredibly successful. Companies and people are completely fleeing their Democrat hellhole states that have been running their states into the ground. And Florida has just been incredibly uh, productive. Um, they have been doing very well financially. And, you know, their people just seem to be completely uh, satisfied with the way that they've turned things around um, compared to other parts of the country, like California right. and New York. Right. Right. And Illinois. Yeah. You know what I want to know is we keep seeing, so we just saw DeSantis bust uh, or flew, flew actually illegals to Martha's Vineyard. Um, and it's comical, but at the same time, I go, now I haven't had time to really research the specifics of how things are being handled at the border and with, you know, Abbott's shipping them off to Chicago and like, they're all shipping them off to different locations throughout our country. Um, so what happens if they take them and they ship them back to the border? What, once they cross their Biden administration and the, the, you know, a lot of the police and border patrol agents there that are compromised are just, letting them just flood right back in. So have you followed any of that edge or Zach? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that it makes good headlines. It's humorous. It brings attention to the matter, you know, when they're shipping them up to Martha's Vineyard or up to Kamala Harris's home or whatever. (laughs) But it's not really sound policy. Obviously, we need to close the border and stop the flow of illegal migrants that we have no way of tracking and the flow of drugs and human trafficking and child trafficking. I mean, it's just it's 
it's a nightmare. It's a disaster, and we have to stop it at the border. So this, I think, is just more of a gimmick. I don't really think it solves anything other than bringing the uh, it to the attention of the public, raising awareness, and that sort of a thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a gimmick, but you know it's an effective one because Lori Lightfoot. I don't know if it was a couple months ago. It wasn't in the far past talking about how Chicago being the sanctuary city welcomes everybody. We're happy to have them, you know, with open arms. Like she has to eat those words if she wants to send it back to the border. Um, and so I think, I think the reason, I mean, they're all saying, oh, this is very inhumane to be shipping them across the country and stuff like that. But they're just saying that because the only other thing is that they can say is we were wrong or we don't like this. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and she really did the same thing. Um, she she um, shipped the illegals that were dropped off in Chicago out into the suburbs unannounced. And so they're they're just as guilty, but it's it's an image battle. And I think, you know, um, putting them in that position, uh, the sanctuary cities to have to go back and say, uh, well, sanctuary cities, as long as, uh, you know, they're not deliberately being dropped off here. And here's what we really mean by sanctuary city. Uh, you know, <laughs> they, they got to backtrack a bit. Um, so in that way, I think it's effective. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, we need to just, and where are the Republicans? Like, what what is going on between the border and the trafficking and the fentanyl and this energy takeover? Just all of it, all of it. What are they campaigning on, you know? Yeah, I, I think that they're MIA in a lot of cases. And in some cases, I think that they're working as controlled opposition um so oh, yeah. so yeah i mean I, I don't give the gop any credit except for the lone um few who actually have been standing for america first policies and the rest of them are just completely compromised but um regardless i think that that the number one issue on the ballot is the economy because even people that are not political that don't care whatsoever about politics are completely checked out on that they feel it every single day when they go to the grocery store and when they go to the gas station so i think that there's just going to be a wave of people who normally don't participate and the political process um, showing up simply because it's killing them where it matters to them the most, their wallets. Um, so the GOP could be completely silent. And I still think that we um, have a huge wave coming in November. Regardless, we have a lot of fake Republicans who stand for nothing but themselves, who are responsible for the same kind of crimes that the Democrats are, you know, with insider tra- from insider trading to being compromised to, uh, you know, selling out our country, you know. So there has to be a complete house cleaning yeah. um, on the GOP side, no doubt. Yeah, and we need to get because they can, like. Um... You know, when your enemy is making a mistake, don't get in their way. So they're just letting the um, the inflation speak for them and not trying to give the Democrats much uh, room to blame the Republicans for perhaps some policy that they put in to try to fight it. They're just they're just going to run it out to November. Exactly. Never, never get in the way when your enemy is making a mistake. You just go ahead and let them do it. So. Um, I can see that strategy, but yeah, you're right. They've been silent on a lot of this. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Yep. All right. I think that just about wraps it up. Anything, any closing thoughts, Corey or Zach? No, be sure to check out the knowledgepantry.com and thank you, Zach, for being here with us and sharing this awesome information. Yeah, definitely go to the knowledgepantry.com to check out more information on this excellent resource Zach set up for himself and provided everyone else with details on how to do it for yourself and your loved ones. So this is just an awesome resource. Really appreciate you being here, Zach. And uh, please be sure to share this podcast. We are on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.